Hello, beautiful people of Kata Nation. Joining me today is upcoming poet Shannon K. Winston. Her new book, The Girl Who Talks to Paintings, just arrived. We'll talk about what the book is about and also how did we get here? How did Shannon finally get her book published? Her entire story will be right here on Kata Nation. Enjoy the show. So Shannon, before we get started, just want to introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are and what you're all about. Hi, I'm, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks. Thanks for having me on your show. So I'll just say a little bit about myself. I'm originally from Chicago, but living in New Jersey, and I'm a poet, and I just published a book. So happy to be here to talk about it. So your new book of poems, The Girl Who Talks to Paintings. Just got here and you just want to tell us about what the book is about. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's um, kind of a fun, a, a fun book in the sense that I always thought that in a past life I would be a visual artist. I, I love paintings and I love drawings, um, but unfortunately I can neither draw nor paint. Um, and so many, many of the poems in this collection are about paintings, sculptures and uh, photographs. So where did you get the idea of the paintings that you decided to write about? So a lot of the collection is about shy speakers and, and shy people and uh, people who have a hard time expressing themselves. And there's, there's, I think you can read the collection as being the story of one speaker or the story of related speakers. And part of this came about because in workshops, uh, people would ask me like, okay, well, where where is the speaker? And can you bring the speaker uh, forward a little bit in your poems? And then I started thinking, well, um, people have imaginary friends. What if people had, uh, what if my speakers had imaginary friends in paintings? And those paintings were the only ways that my speakers could express themselves. And that was the, the whole conceit for the collection. And a lot of these paintings, they're usually from New York, New Jersey, or, you know, do you explore and go travel a lot just for the sake of uh, wanting to check out paintings and write about them? So a lot of the, I found all the paintings online and in terms of where they're from, they're from all over the world and from different periods of time. So for example, I have a poem written on one of Anna Atkinson's cyanotypes and cyanotypes is when you develop, um, she developed algae uh, against white paper and it was considered one of, she's considered one of the first uh, female photographers. And so that piece is from the 1800s. Uh, but then I also have a sculpture of a shark by an artist who's working, um, who is a contemporary artist uh, from Chicago. So I think, I, you know, in terms, it's sort of an interesting question. How did I pick these pieces? And I really picked pieces that um, that spoke to me and that I found uh, captivating. And then I kind of wanted to figure out why, and I wrote poems about them. That's amazing. And I just wanted to ask if, has poetry been the only thing that you have written thus far? 
Yeah, you know, I have, um, I think when I daydream, I daydream about being a novelist, but I really love the concision of poetry. And there's something really nice about kind of thinking, what do I want to fit onto a line? And so I've, um, who knows what the future will bring, but until this point, yes, it's been only poetry. Right, because you remember when I used to write music yeah, back mm-hmm. in the day, right? So. Yeah. A lot of that was similar to poetry, but just in a different format. And, you know, some people write stories, some people write essays, sonnets, all kinds of things. So how is poetry uh, a lot different than most other writings? I really, for me, I really like the constraint of poetry. So actually a lot of the poems, not all, but are are um, are formally structured. So for example, I don't think I have a sonnet in in my book, but I have um, forms like the villanelle and so on and so forth. And I think it's sort of a little bit of a mental and artistic gymnastics to sort of see like, okay, well, how can I use this form? And I'd say the same of the ekphrastic form, which is um, the term used to describe poems about artwork. And so a lot of the poem, because a lot of, um, my paintings are, are, sorry, my poems are frostic. It's it's really interesting to say, okay, well, here's a constraint. How can I push that form to the maximum? For me, I've kind of had the question of just like, when you wrote this book, uh, for starters, is it the first book you've ever written? So I have written, it's the first full-length collection of, of poems. I have written a smaller, shorter version of poems about 10 years ago now. Okay, because the one of the following questions I wanted to ask is, you know, how, who did you talk to? Who, who helped you get your book published? So I would say I've had a lot of influences. I would say definitely my Warren Wilson, my Warren Wilson mentors were instrumental in helping me and encouraging me. Um, this, the, my book was my MFA thesis. And so it developed during my time at Warren Wilson. And then I also worked with, I worked with John Sibley Williams and he did a manuscript review for me. And I think all along it was, you know, returning to my mentors and they were telling me after I kept submitting to my manuscript to contests and they said, you know, don't give up, keep persisting. And that was, it was so helpful because rejection is always hard. I agree. Yeah. Cause rejection is hard because uh, the key is to kind of continue. You would agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. So just to let you know, I submitted this manuscript for to to contest and open reading period for about two and a half, almost three years. And I submitted to about 40 contests. And some of them, some of the contests wrote me back in very encouraging rejection letters saying, although we haven't picked your manuscript, we believe in it, so keep going. And then on the other hand, I would get just form rejection letters. And it's it's so important to keep going. Um, and in, in the poetry world and creative writing world, uh, there, there's often a, um, a goal of 100 rejections a year, just as, because it's so hard to get something accepted. So even though after all of those rejections, what was the one thing that kind of kept you going? 
I think, you know, huge part of it is the pleasure of writing poetry. I think it's, you know, it's the thing that I love to do the most. And it was really easy to kind of lose sight of my own writing process and the joy that I feel while writing. And I think it was really important to keep the manuscript circulating, but then also generate new poems. And that kind of reminded me of why I'm doing this in the first place. When you talked about uh, uh, Warren Wilson, uh, first, you could tell us about what that is, like what kind of school that is, and then also tell me maybe some of the things that stuck out to you that maybe influence you and it still influences you to this day. Sure. So it's the Warren Wilson MFA program for writers. And I went there and it's a low residency program, which means that it's, you go for about 10 days in Asheville, North Carolina. Although now I think with the pandemic, it's virtual. Um, Hopefully they'll be back in person soon. And then, um, so you go twice a year, once in January, once in July for 10 days. And then you correspond with your mentor over email and write poems. And it was just the best two years of, of my life. I really valued the community. All of the faculty members really were incredibly supportive and just brilliant and, um, and also warm and welcoming. And, and everyone felt like we were all learning together. And that's something that I really valued about the program. Who helped and influence you during your time there? Uh, oh, yeah. So there are so many. I would say my my mentors first and foremost, although I, I everyone I took a workshop with was amazing. So I worked with the poet Matthew Olsman when I was fin- finishing my uh, thesis. And, you know, I, what I learned from him and he's he really encouraged me to push my imagination in my poems and to embrace the um the potential of kind of interacting with paintings in each poem. And, and I think, you know, when I felt we were talking a little bit just now about submitting to contests um, and he was a huge person who said, never give up, like just keep going, keep putting yourself out there. And I'll always be grateful for that. Um, Daisy Freed was amazing in terms of, having me take more risks in my work, um, Sandra Lim uh, as well. And I think um, the last person I worked with was Alan Williamson. And he was so great because he taught me how to read poetry in more nuanced ways, which made me a better poet. That's awesome. Because, you know, it's always good to like get those people like even like you don't even know who you meet. Um, Something I learned actually during my time in college is that you'll never know who you'll run into. So you always keep those contacts in mind. Yeah. And I think more than anything, it was just like so wonderful. And it is now that I'm still in touch with, with these wonderful poets. And I have a lot of lasting friendships from the program as well that I'm really grateful for. When you finally got the book published, which congratulations, by the way. Thank you. How did that process look like? I'm always curious, you know, how does like one get their book published? How does uh, like that look like? Yeah, so I think I'll just speak for me because I think it can be a little different depending on one's experience. But so in the poetry world, the 
I would say a very common way to get your first book published is to submit to contests or open reading periods. And so once I did that and then won this open reading period, I would say, so I, I won the open reading period last October. So it took roughly a year from acceptance to publication. And I really, I love my editors. I, um, I was published by Glass Liar Press. And so a lot of what happened after that point was exchanging, you know, like I submitted my poems and then they gave me back my manuscript and um, they call them galleys before it becomes a book. And so there was a lot of back and forth in terms of, you know, tweaking small things, thinking about presentation, um, picking a book cover, which I'm really thrilled with my book cover, but it was really hard to pick. Um, For you, what, I mean, we've seen like a lot of the challenges that you kind of went through, you know, because all of the rejections in the beginning. What do you think would be one of the biggest highlights of all of this? Oh, meeting amazing poets and making friendships and um, and really learning from from a lot of people. And so, for example, I'm I'm still very much in touch with many people at Warren Wilson. I'm in a writing group with them and I've never felt more supported in my life and I've never met such interesting people. And um, and it always makes me happy. It doesn't happen too often, but it has happened recently that people reach out to me via email or Facebook and they say, I really, I read your poem and it really resonated with me. So I think, you know, I love the writing, but it's also the community and human connection behind it. When you first started writing, anything that you have written so far that maybe has stuck out to you? Um, Can you clarify a little bit the question? Because um, for me, when I wrote music at, at the time, I wrote one song and then that's when I said, this is what I want to keep going for. And for you, what, did you ever write anything and you said to yourself, this is the path that I want to go for? I think when it, I started writing images and description in, in poetry, it was just such a kind of awesome thing to try to capture a moment or capture an image. And I think that there's not one specific poem or moment, but it was also sort of seeing what I'd written on the page. And and the idea that I'd made something was really cool. Like, and so, and, and also I'll kind of go way, way back, which is that I went to Carolina Friends School in North Carolina And when I was in the fourth grade, I read an Emily Dickinson poem um, and then also Robert Frost poem. And I just was totally amazed by how they were able to kind of capture and distill a moment. And I thought at that time, like, I want to do something like that. That would be amazing. That's incredible. That's uh, I really like that idea, you know, just like going to place to place until you kind of like find that point anywhere that you've traveled maybe that stuck out sure um I, I moved to france with my family when i was 10 we moved it was me my mom my sister and we moved into a really wonderful house and the landlord kind of became my grandfather um because i i didn't know my um, my maternal grandfather and he had this beautiful garden it was right outside of paris beautiful garden with chickens in the backyard. And I think that that sense of place has been so important to me just as a person, 
but also to my poems as well. So right now, what are some ways that you're getting the word out about your poetry? You're going, hey, look at my poetry. What is it exactly that you do right now to get people to read your poetry at the moment? Sure. So I have a website and that's where I keep all of my events updated. So my website is shannonkwinston.com. I also have a lot of uh, a lot of announcements that I make on Instagram and Facebook. Any like words of encouragement maybe you want to add on and tell, you know, the listeners right now? Yeah, so I have I have two bits of advice and and one I've already touched on which is keep keep going. Uh, because it's really, um, I think the creative writing market, especially, there are so many wonderful writers out there and so many people writing that it can seem pretty daunting, but never, never give up. Um, and then my second bit of advice is to read as widely as possible and as much as possible, because, you know, there are days when I felt really stuck or like I had nothing to write about. And it was enough to read a couple poems and go for a walk. And then that would kind of get the ideas flowing. So we got to talk a lot about what you've done in the past. And now you finally got your book published. And the question now is where can people find your book? Um, So great. Thanks for asking. So you can find the book directly from Glass Liar. You know, you can find them online or you can find it at Amazon. And I have a friend who just purchased it from Target. Oh, so you're actually they're actually on stores now? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least the Target website. Yes, I, I had oh. not known that before. Yeah, but Amazon and the Glass Liar website are the two main sites. Okay, so that's pretty much all I got for you, Shannon. Thank you again so much for coming on to the show. No, just been that this has been really fun. So thanks, thanks so much for having me. That was it for my interview with Shannon K. Winston. Again, find her book. The Girl Who Talks to Paintings, Poems by Shannon K. Winston. I got myself a copy and I am truly impressed. I finally finished the book this morning. I love it. So thank you, Shannon, just for bringing all this joy to us. Not just for the listeners, but for the family here. We miss you. We hope you, Jen, and the entire family is all safe. And we can't wait to see you sometime in the near future. That'll be it for this episode of Captain Nation. Next week, we're bringing it back to San Diego as we talk about a program that I started as a student back in 2017 but now growing up volunteering as one of the instructors there that's right we're talking about the media arts center larry da silviera joins the show we'll see you next week we are catanation This has been a Catanation Studios production. To get involved or be a possible guest on the show, go to my Instagram, Catanation Studios, at WeAreCatanation for more. And to continue to listen to awesome podcasts just like this one, go to wearecatanation.buzzsprout.com.